we've been in a low interest rate environment for a long time now. If you think about it, it has been since the 2008 crisis that we've seen majorly low interest rates. In fact, the Federal Reserve recently lowered rates in July. And now this impacts the prime rate at the banks, interest rates that they offer on loans, even credit card rates. And if you think about it, CD rates have been low for a long while too. And forget about getting decent interest rate on your savings or checking account. So if you're planning your retirement or you already are retired, how does this impact you? That's what we're going to discuss in today's show. What you are about to hear is a fun and educational show about financial issues. Join Dan Wendell and his co-host, Tony, as they explore topics related to retirement planning. No matter how close you are to retirement, it's time to listen to another episode of Dolphin Financial Radio. Hello and welcome to another Dolphin Financial Radio with me, Dan Wendell, and today Tony Shore is with me. And why that's exciting is and surprising is because I told Tony we're going to be talking about low interest rates today, and he still showed up. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, uh, okay, Mr. Excitement, what do you have for us? Low interest rates. Oh, boy. You showed up, but you still look miserable about it. <laughs> I'm not miserable. <laughs> uh, I'm happy to be here with you, Dan. You look great, by the way. You're doing well. I know you've been really busy, and thanks for having me on the show. Uh, low interest rates, though, Dan. Seriously. I know. And we've had, it seems like we've always had low interest rates, at least since we've been doing the show together, which has been a few years now. I mean, if you think back to it, historically, the Fed lowered the benchmark interest rate. Well, now, what does that mean? I don't want to get caught up in jargon because it is kind of boring. Well, yeah. The and, benchmark and the more rate, you talk about it, the more confused that's people That's what the be. banks loan to each other. Benchmark you know, like, is. Yeah. It's, it's the rate that what banks charge to lend each other money. And they, they lowered that. The Fed lowered that to 0.25% after the recession in 08. Wow. That is low. I mean... What... I mean, that's basically yeah. zero. What's interesting, though, is that it took seven years for them to raise it. They didn't raise it. They raised it from 0.25 to 0. 0.5 in 2015, seven years later. You remember those days? Yeah. Well, I remember the I remember the '80s when interest rates were super high. It's like you you felt right. pretty good to get a fourteen percent interest rate on your home loan in the '80s. Right. <laughs> well, you think about it. Yeah, right. You could, but you could buy a twenty percent CD. Yeah. True. <laughs> you know the the um, the highest we've been in a while was in December of 2018, and that was at two point five percent. And then now they just lowered it at the end of July. So now we're at two point two five percent. So, I mean, technically the banks set the rate that they charge each other, but the Fed guides it. Yeah. So, you know, they tell you, here's what you're going to do, okay? You better do it. And they're like, okay, yeah, that sounds like a great rate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know what What? what happens? So, you know, the Fed rate, it sounds boring. What are, what are they going to do? I have a friend that works for the Fed. If he's listening, he's he knows he's boring. You have people in but high he, places, though. The Fed. You have a friend that works for the Fed. That's awesome. The Federal Reserve. We're not talking about federal like government. the FBI yeah. Fed. No, the Federal Reserve. <laughs> yeah. God, and and by the way, yep. uh, just let's take a moment to say this. God bless Alan Greenspan. Right. 
Speaking of the Federal Reserve, is that your friend you from want, the you, Fed, Alan Greenspan? I can't. I can't name names. <laughs> All but, right, but but in re, in reality, Fed rates they do impact short term rates, and how does that impact us and retirees? Because you're looking at when you when you lower these rates, it impacts a lot of the things that we see, and and for retirees in particular. It makes finding interest rates that are reasonable enough to give us income, short-term income I'm talking about. It makes it more difficult to find income uh, through interest. And, you know, low rates are, who, who are low rates good for? Like, who would you think, like, who's out there saying, I want low Newlyweds rates? Newlyweds who are buying cars and homes and starting families. Yes, definitely. Borrowers. Yep love low yeah. rates but it's bad for the savers and the retirement spenders. it's bad for people over the age 50 who are needing to grow that nest egg as much as possible for retirement and even worse probably if you're right there at retirement or in retirement right right and you mentioned it earlier gone are the days of living off cd income right you know the the, the old days of having an eight percent cd yeah. In the eighty, in the eighties, and even into the nineties, that was the thing. You know, uh, your grandparents would leave you a CD. You know, if they passed away, oh, they left your parents or you know their grandkids a CD that they could access when they get older, uh, because the interest rate was ten percent. Right. I remember after the '08 crisis, I was helping people through that, and I remember quite a few people had CDs still. Yeah. And they were probably at the time when they bought them were like, oh, my God, these are terrible. Six percent for 10 years. But, you know, they were crying when that came due in 2012, yeah. you know. Uh, so. So what do people do? What what are people supposed to do if they and obviously this show's geared toward retirees and pre-retirees. So what happens? <clears throat> what, what 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 happens is people chase yield. Ah, uh. There's another there's another term that that I think glosses people's eyes over. Yeah, and what do you mean by chasing yield? Just interest. They chase they they take on more risk to get a higher return. Sure. So, for instance, I see more retirees in stocks, junk bonds. Oh, sorry, high yield bonds. <laughs> Otherwise known as. <laughs> right. What was it? Michael Milken was he the one that coined that yep. term? High yield yeah. bonds. You know, because people are like, I'm not buying a junk bond. That sounds terrible, but I'll buy that high yield bond. Yeah, wow, it has the <laughs> it has the word high yield in it. That sounds great. Say, same thing. You focus on the positive, not right. the negative. Um, I see a lot of retirees going on dividend paying stocks because if you think about it, dividends they're paying more than government bonds are. Uh, but but what's there? What's there that you have with a dividend-paying stock that you don't have with the government bond? You got downside risk. You know the 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 company is more likely to go bankrupt than the government. Although, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I should be careful when I say that. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, let's look at the numbers. <laughs> so. Rather than harp on the difficulties, because I bet you a lot of listeners are saying, yeah, Dan, we know. <laughs> we, we live it, yeah. especially those that are already yep. retired, that we're used to the CDs. What do we do? So so what I suggest people do, a few things. 
is the first thing is start focusing on shifting debt. Now, I we've talked about this in other shows, how it makes more sense to pay off high interest debt than it does to save money. As crazy as it sounds. Yeah. And most financial advisors would tell you just out of self-interest because uh, there are many factors why they tell you this, but they'd say, oh, no, 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 you have to, the priority is saving for retirement. But if you have a high interest debt, uh, you're better off using that money to pay it off. Yeah. Or, or refinance, yes. you know, move those credit cards to a lower interest rate credit card, refinance the mortgage. I mean, people do this, but the amount of money you save doing that far outweighs the returns that you may or may not get on the savings. Of course, compounding interest is not, uh, you know, and, and, and this is useful for even the younger crowd to, to shift the debt, to lower their debt burden, uh, interest rate, I should say the interest rate on their debt. But for the older crowd, um, they may not have as much debt. So this doesn't really help. No, they're not buying a new house. Right. Great. You know, interest rates are near zero, but I don't have any debt. Good for me. I just want some income, you know? Um, one thing that the older crowd can do, which is very relevant to them, 62 and up is reverse mortgages. Now we've done shows on that in the past and I've had reverse mortgage experts on it. I'm not suggesting people should go out and get a reverse mortgage for the sake of it. But if you're thinking about it, um, reverse mortgages are just basically a mortgage that is, you can't, you know, you're not going to steal your house if you don't pay it. You, know, you don't have to. You don't have to pay it back. Non-recourse. But what's good about it is the interest rates are low, so therefore the interest rate on that reverse mortgage loan is low. So it's advantageous to look at it for certain situations. So that's you know that's about that's about it. You know with these low interest rates. The other thing that I've been doing a lot lately with clients that are retired or close to it is looking at dividend-paying stocks, and I had mentioned that already. But you can you could get you know you can get a higher return from company stock than you could get from bonds from a corporate or treasury bonds. Obvious, right? It seems obvious that the more risk you take, the more return you get. And if you play it right, you can get a really nice portfolio of stocks. I don't recommend buying two, you know, two stocks. Yeah, great. Because if one of them right. runs into trouble, you're in, you're right. in trouble. But you say create a portfolio, say 50 different companies that pay decent bond recoup, you know, um, not bond, but uh, dividends uh, on a quarterly basis. You can get a nice income stream without the total risk of the stock market. You still run in risk, but if you can hold on to these and you pick some good ones, you can get some decent income from it. But again, people just don't like that. In fact, I had... Uh, a, a woman recently sit down with me and we're going through her portfolio. She has enough income to live. So she's got extra money she wants to invest. So basically she can invest it and lose it all and she'd be fine. She's got enough income. She still doesn't want to invest it in stocks. She's just fearful mm-hmm. of losing yeah. money. Even though she can get a better return, she's more, she's more comfortable with a CD rate or fixed annuity or something like that. So emotions play into it. I think what people really should be doing, especially those that are close to retirement or in retirement, is stay short term. Don't go buying a 10-year fixed rate annuity, fixed CD. Don't buy the long-term stuff right now because you want to stay mobile and nimble. Mm. 
Yeah. And that's, uh, yeah. And so that's great advice. And you know, it's good advice because some of that advice goes against your personal best interests. And a lot of financial advisors are going to tell you at any time, no matter what's happening or what your personal situation financially, you got to buy a fixed index annuity right now. Right. Or, you know, look, let's lock in this long-term rate. Like, no. In fact, long-term rates, short-term rates, are you, have you been seeing the news lately about this, what they call inverted yield curve? Yeah. The, uh, I was going to ask you about that. The, uh, that's another term that, that has been thrown out there a lot lately because they say it's a recession indicator. So what is an inverted yield curve? I know when it's the, yeah. Oh, okay. Boring. Or am inverted I boring yield curve. So usually long-term loans <laughs> pay higher or long-term uh, long-term investments pay better, right? If you commit right. to, if I commit to 10 years, I'm going to get more interest, earn more interest, or uh, hopefully earn more on that money than I would if I invested in a, a, a five-year bond, but it's inverted now. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's one of those terms that just, again, people here, the listeners might be saying, oh gosh, boring. <laughs> But but let's you right. is, you is just a major right. recession boring? No, it's going to impact you. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Let's talk about the inverted yield curve for a moment because it does directly relate to interest rates. In plain English, 10-year treasury bond and 2-year treasury bond. That's what we're talking about. The 10 and the 2. A normal yield curve or yield, it's interest. So the interest you get on a 10-year bond should be higher than the interest you get on a 2-year bond, right? makes just sense. Think of it in CDs. You buy a a two-month CD or a one-year CD, the one-year CD better be paying higher interest. But in today's, in in when the inverted yield curve happens, it means it's the opposite. It flipped. That means you get a higher interest rate on a two-year than you do on a 10-year. Makes no sense, right? Uh, That's crazy. And that's really what it comes down to is which one is paying higher interest? So when you see that, you say, oh my goodness, what does that mean? And then you hear everyone talking about it. What does it mean? Well, l- let's first make sure we understand what it really means. So let's just imagine, Tony, that you're a bank. Don't name names, but we'll call it the bank of, of why not. Okay. Right? It's a little backwards, <laughs> hey, that's, bank. Hey, that's Tony spelled backwards. <laughs> All right. So you loan money out to someone. At 5% and you give them a 10 year loan at 5% yeah. and then you, you don't have the money yourself. So you go to the, you go to the bank and you borrow it. You're the bank. So you go to another bank, you go to the federal reserve and you borrow uh, a two years at two and a quarter, which is where it's at now. So you're making money. You're loaning out five yet you're borrowing at 2.25. So you're happy. You, you profit. That's what banks do. But what happens if that 10 year rate goes below the rate you're borrowing from? Let's say you're loaning out 10 years at 2%, but you're borrowing two year at 2.2%. You're losing money. Every dollar you loan out, you're losing money. Now, you being a very astute banker, you don't like to lose money. So you just, you're just not going to make that loan. It's not like you're going to loan it just for the goodness of your heart. You just won't make the money. You won't make that loan. So that's what the banks won't do in an inverted yield curve environment they're going to be less loans and less loans means less access to money to borrow, which means less businesses are going to be able to borrow money to invest and less business investment is bad for the economy. 
So this is what the big talk is, the big hubbub, is the inverted yield curve is going to lead to a slowdown in the economy. Now, the inverted yield curve happened recently. We didn't see a cra you know, crash. We saw the market crash go down pretty nicely, hefty on the day that the yield curve inverted for five minutes or whatever it was. Because they're priced constantly. These, these long-term rates are priced. The, the Treasury, the U.S. government, can set the short-term rate, but the long-term rates are investors. They're the ones setting that. So the market isn't going to crash in an instant. You know, that's not how the world works. There's a delay here. And there's usually 9, 12 months, 18 month delay because businesses are planning ahead. They say, all right, I'm, I'm going to invest in that new plant. It's not going to be built overnight. Let me borrow now so that I can pay for it and then it'll be ready in a year and a half. If they all of a sudden say, I can't borrow, I can't get the money, then that slowdown is going to happen over time. So this is what people are saying. And, uh, and other people are using this as a gauge. And I want to give you a little context here. Um, UBS, you know, the bank UBS, yep, yep. do you know what that stands for? By the way, UBS United bank something. Uh, well, I heard when I was in South Dakota, I heard it stood for unexpected bison stampede, <laughs> but then I found out it was really the Ulaanbaatar broadcasting services because the Mongolian, no, oh, no, 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 it's, it actually stands for union bank of Switzerland. Oh, Wow. I had no See? idea. Yeah. Fun fact. Yeah, that's not uh that that's not normal. <laughs> not right. So anyway, UBS uh they're pulling out of equities. They're saying, "No, nope, we're 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 pulling out." Wow. Starting now. Wow. So why? Um because the the stats suggest that there could be a recession. Now, the Fed can make changes. Um others are saying it won't happen this time. This time's different. It's always different, right? But if and what what their case is, if you go to Germany or other European countries and you and you look at what yield they're getting, they are negative interest rates. So if you buy a government bond in Europe from a lot of countries, you actually are going to get back less over time. Yeah, it's like <laughs> you're paying them to hold your money. At you literally point. are. That is exactly what's they have happening. Negative so interest like, well, rates, and I mean. You know, we were talking about CDs earlier, and I have to jump back to that just for a second in relation to that as far as negative interest rates. Well, the one thing we didn't mention is in juxtaposition, uh, CDs, you know, we we're talking about how high they once were, and now, what are they, 1%? I mean, 1.25% some places, maybe 2%. Right, right. And we did see some interest rates creeping up on some of these um these not they're not banks, but like Betterment and other money uh, managers, robo advisors, they were offering over two percent interest on money market if you put your money there. But then immediately they had to lower it when the Fed lowered it recently. So they're like, yeah, okay, but they didn't lower it. It's still a little over two. But yeah, you're not seeing the rates like you used to. It's pretty sad. Mm -hmm. But if you say I'm going to go invest in German government bonds and I'm paying them money to do it, they're like, no. So everyone's saying. The U.S. is still the place to be, so everyone's going to come and invest in the U.S., so there's going to be plenty of money, so we don't have to worry. He put it this way, though, Tony. Historically speaking, when we have an inverted yield curve, when 10-year when interest rates are higher than 2-year interest rates, 
it is generally followed by a recession. Um, since the 60s, if you do the math, if you look, every time there's an inverted yield curve, I think there's been seven times, maybe eight, we've had a recession immediately, you know, the, not immediately following, following the inversion. And it's usually a year later, 18 months later. So the clock is ticking on that. Are we going to be different this time? But what also is interesting, Tony, is that, yes, there's usually been a recession after an inverted yield curve, but immediately following that, immediately following the yield curve, there's been a rise in the stock market each time. So what happens is the inverted yield curve, then the stocks go up big, and then boom, the crash 18 months later, roughly speaking. So is that going to happen again? Hmm. Mm. Hmm. So here's here's how I want to sum this up. Interest rates stink. What do retirement what do retirees do? I gave some advice there. Certain things. Bottom line, you cannot control the yield curve. That's only Tony's business, right? <laughs> well. <laughs> no. Maybe your wife's involved in that too. You can't yeah. control the yield curve. No one can, right? Even the Fed struggles to control it. You can't control the stock market as much as you want to try. And you certainly can't control the rates that the CD, the, the CD rates, right? You can't control any of this. The only thing you can control is your reaction to this and also the level of risk you take leading into it. So most people lately that are approaching retirement have seen their, their funds go up. Their 401k, their stocks have been going up, especially for the past 10 years. Nothing but up, right? And so they ha they're thankful for that. Yay, my retirement accounts are up. But now with pensions gone, people have to then turn their retirement funds into income in retirement. And so my suggestion is don't try and time the market. Don't try and time interest rates. Don't get all worried. Oh my God, I'm going to retire in a year. Should I buy the CD now or should I wait six months when interest rates go up? You can't do it like that. You have to plan your income out. Start with income planning because you can set income for life. You could set income for retirement now and then the rest of your money you can invest take the guesswork out of it but those that are trying to time the markets whether it be stock markets interest rates bond markets whatever market you're trying to time they're going to get smacked down and we're going to have an 08 all over again if the market crashes again you're going to see those people that are close to retirement or just retired they're going to be crying the loudest well yeah it's just been crazy i mean the interest rates keep going down so what do you do but you need to have a plan in place right yeah, and eventually we might get to the point where you have to pay money for the for the to loan the to buy a long term bond from the government. Maybe you get back less. So my recommendation there, just I'll loan you the money, Tony. Yeah, you really. Pay me. <laughs> you can give me give me your money. I'll pay you. I'll pay you back nothing. How's that? <laughs> yeah, it's better than it's better than giving it to a bank or buying a bond and paying them to hold your money. Right, I'm much more trustworthy than a bank. I got more reserves than the Fed. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but you're more trust. I believe you're more trustworthy than the Fed at this point. <laughs> don't. This is a joke. I do not ever loan money to clients or borrow from clients. That's certainly not something I do. And, and I uh, can attest that you don't even do that for friends. <laughs> yeah you don't want to ruin a friendship over money no, right? you, actually you don't that's good advice well hey we did the show on that yeah. i think but wow we, yeah. we we made it through a show on interest rates i only fell asleep once 
So I think it was a success. I saw that. Yeah. I knew that. I knew it. I just wasn't <laughs> sure. I didn't want to ruin it for the listeners. <laughs> if anyone uh, listening wants to uh, identify the moment that Tony falls asleep, if you get it right, I'll send you a prize. <laughs> just email me. <laughs> you go to dolphinfinancialgroup.com. You can connect with us. Send in any show requests you'd like us to talk about. I have a feeling it's not going to be about the yield curve, but you never know. <laughs> right. But I did want to point out, though, that interest rates are a big factor for retirees. It is a scary uh, environment in the market, and people are fleeing. They're they're scared. They're going towards safer instruments, and the yields or the interest rates on those are low, so they're getting upset. They, get, they feel like they're getting squeezed. There are options. We can look at them. We can weigh the pros and cons and still come up with a plan that works. We've been doing it for the past 10 years in a low interest rate environment. We'll continue to do it. It's not a big deal. It just seems scary. Don't be confused by the terminology and language. Even Tony understands it. Give us a call if you want to talk about it. The number is 888-508-5935. Tony, thanks for sticking with me and only falling asleep once. All right. Thanks. And that does it for today's episode of Dolphin Financial Radio with our host, Dan Wendell. The topics on this show are wide-ranging, yet relevant to people approaching or living in retirement, like me. If there is a topic you want to hear on the show, head to dolphinfinancialgroup.com and contact Dan to request your topic or to share your opinion. Dan Mundo or Dolphin Financial Group are not affiliated or endorsed by Social Security or any government agency. Everything discussed on today's show was for informational purpose only. Since everyone's situation is different, some things may not apply to you. The materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources. We cannot be 100% certain that they are accurate. You should really talk to my dad or someone from Delphi Financial Group before trying to implement these ideas or strategies.